Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, dedicated to making you a better seller. Recorded 4,827 miles across the Atlantic Ocean with Bobby Das from Houston, Texas, a father, husband, golfer, pilot, and tech seller. And Brian Evans, an expat in London, England, family man, 2X Ironman, and an ERP salesman. Both sharing tried and true sales strategies and providing free tools to make each week and campaign easier for you. They also answer your questions weekly. Now, here is Bobby and Brian. Hey, hey, Bobby. What's up, Brian? All right, so this series, this is uh, all about career development. This has been a fun one to work through. So we appreciate the feedback. Please keep it coming. Uh, we, we love to incorporate uh, your comments and feedback as we as we go through the various stages here. So in this industry, Bobby, this, this life that we've chosen, it is full of type A, hardworking personalities. It's full of outgoing people. I'm not an outgoing person. Career development has always been a challenge to me. And this is all about how do you stand out amongst all of these hardworking type A people in the industry. And so I, I think what we've the concept in which we've discussed this in, or the concept in, in which we've discussed this in, is four stages uh, of where you might be in your particular career. And all of these stages impact the actions you should be taking from a career development standpoint. So let's talk through, Bobby, the first four stages of this career. What's the first one? Well, before we do that, let's just recap quickly that these stages don't define necessarily individual roles, but there's a lot of individual roles in each of these stages. So those stages that we're talking about are contribute dependently, contribute independently, contribute strategically, and contribute through others. That could be a myriad of different roles from inside rep in the first phase to a pre-sales engineer in the first phase to an account executive in the third phase. We're trying to help you think about the position that you hold and how you are able to contribute to the business. Yeah, a great example of this would be, um, let's say that you're an inside sales today and your aim is to keep building your career. You started off and you you had a, a mentor that was sitting beside you and listening in on your phone calls and giving you coaching and you were on a commission draw program and the company was investing in you. They were investing people in you, training in you, money in you. And then you finally started producing back for the business. You started making money for the company. You're getting wins under your belt. You're spending a, a bulk of your, your young professional career in this spot. And this is really the stage we're going to focus most of our efforts today. But let's continue this narrative of this, of this inside sales rep. So, they're, they're contributing independently today. They've got wins under their, his or her belts, spending a lot of time in this stage, getting better and sharper. We'll talk about the concepts that matter in this stage. And then let's say that this person becomes, um, Bobby, like an expert in a certain industry. So he or she then could move on to a phase of contributing strategically. Or they could go to an account executive role and almost start the process all the way over again. True so that. think of... Yeah, so think about these stages less about the job you're in and more about what are you providing back for the, to the business that you're in. Like what phase are you in? Because everything you do in these phases matters and it's there are different strategies in each one of these phases. Well, something you just said made me think you could even be a first-line manager and be contributing dependently because you've never managed before, but they see something in you and they want to invest in you. 
and and it kind of could fit in that role instead of the latter role of contributing through others just because they're helping you gain that experience. A hundred percent, hundred percent. So there, there are just as we did the three important concepts for contributing dependently, we're going to do three important concepts for contributing independently. So let's hit on these three and then we'll dive really deep into each of these three, Bobby. The first Sounds one, good. yeah, the first one is start building equity. The second one is settle down and broaden your base. And this will make sense. This was the second one was I was the most passionate about this second one because this was my biggest challenge and my biggest mistake when I was contributing independently at Microsoft. And the third one, Bobby, is being a feedback machine, which you'll recall was part of the first stage. But now this is bi-directionally. This is not just being someone that, that ingests and receives feedback. The onus is on you now to start providing feedback up, down, sideways. You've got to, to hone in on these skills and get really good at it. Sounds good. So number one, start building equity. Does that mean I'm, I'm, my bank account's growing? I'm making a lot more money? That may be 5% of it. Earning commissions is, uh, is great for the family. I think the, the DOS family enjoys the, the DOS commissions. Uh, but this, is, this equity here, I think about equity a lot from a career perspective because you, you're establishing something as you start to generate profit for the company, revenue for the company, gross profit, however you're measured whether it's your expertise that's being utilized to then drive profit for the company, in the case of an, somebody like an engineer, you're starting to, um, you're starting to develop equity. You're, 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 a, you're, a, um, you're becoming less of a commodity and something that has value within the business. And this is a package. You've got to look at this equity as a package of who you are, the executive presence that you have, the what you're getting, what you're starting to be known for. Are you a guy that, that can just knock down volume and win a bunch of customers and keep those customers happy? Are you uh, a guy that likes to win the customers and then hand them off? Are you a guy that likes to go tackle the big customers and go hunt for the, for the quote unquote whales? You're starting to establish this brand and, and that's the equity, Bobby, that we're really talking about here. And, and it can continue to grow. It, 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 it can grow and grow and grow. As you build those things and you share those best practices, you start to impact other sales reps on your team. I, I remember there were 12 career development stages and or buckets at Microsoft in our career development plan. One of those was cross-group collaboration, cross-boundary collaboration, something like that. And I always remember, God, that's the stupidest words when I was new, but as I grew my career at Microsoft years four and five, it was as a manager, I remember asking people, what are you doing to help the division that's not covered by me or not covered by my GM? And those people got a lot of recognition because they were really impacting the entire United States with a best practice. And those people are the ones getting the circle of excellence awards at the end of the year. Yeah. And I think some people we talk about, we talked about a lot in the previous episode this is a part where you can't lie to yourself either. If you're doing something that's truly providing value to the business, that's unique, then you need to be sharing this and talking about this. If it's something that's minor, you know, don't waste your time. Don't waste everyone else's time. You've got to focus on the parts that are differentiating, that are, that are game-changing. Don't be the person that's just looking 
for every opportunity to, to throw themselves out there. Really look for something that's adding value back to the business. Yeah, so you were going to tell a little story about hitters, no hitters. Yeah, so Bobby, in the last episode, we talked about uh, porterism. This hitters, no hitters is another porterism. So hitters, no hitters is a pretty simple concept. There are people in the organization that are contributing huge value back to the business. You need to know who they are, and you need to you need to befriend them. You need to partner with them. You need to share best practices with them. You need to have a call with them. You need to be aligned to these people in the business because even if uh, they're not you know, having an impact on your business immediately, which they most likely will, but even if they don't, these are the people that are going to be the next manager, the next senior leader, the next strategist within the business. You need to become aligned with these people and share the stuff that you're working on with these people. Yeah, it's extremely valuable feedback, and, and I can remember having some of those mentors that I seeked out, and with a good strategy and a plan to partner with them as a mentor-mentee, they were always willing to work with me. No questions. Yep. So know who they are. Uh, you, you don't need to make it awkward, but you need to know who they are, and you need to start aligning yourselves with these people. These are the future leaders of the company. You're, you're probably in this group, too. People are going to be seeking you out, but you need to know who these hitters are. You need to uh, you need to establish some sort of relationship with them. That's important when it comes to the equity and the brand that you're building within the company. People need to know that you're in that group. No question. So, Bobby, the second piece this this one to me um, is the most important of really all the the steps for this stage is to settle down and broaden your base. So, I've got a quote here from Ryan Holiday. This was from an article that uh, he wrote in Medium. We're going to link to this in the show notes. But the, the purpose here, the context of this, I should say, is that if, if you're in this position to where you're contributing revenue, profit back to the business, and you've been in this stage now for a couple of years, maybe a few years, maybe six months, and you're a type A person with OCD that wants to grow the business, you want to grow your career, you want to make more money, you want to move up the ladder, you're probably in this stage starting to become a little bit frustrated that you're not advancing as fast and as far as you'd like to. So the advice here, Bobby, is to slow down and take a deep breath. And the quote that I've got from Ryan Holiday, who's, as you know, I, I probably over talk about him. He's, he's my favorite writer. His quote is, everything we do matters whether it's making smoothies to save up money or studying for the bar, even after we've already achieved the success we've sought, everything is a chance to do and to be our best. Only self-absorbed assholes think they're too good for whatever their current situation requires. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, and wherever we're going, we owe it to ourselves, to our art, and to the world to do it well. That's our primary duty and our obligation. When action is our priority, vanity falls away. So it's one of my favorite quotes from Holiday. Holiday breaks people down into a couple of categories. People that manage things and people that do things. Be the latter. Be someone that does things. You've got to take it. This was in Microsoft in, in year three for me. Bobby, I, I, you and I, I remember distinctly us having these conversations. Man, I felt like I was killing it for the business. I was making... I was exceeding my quota. Um, you know, I was doing well. And I was like, man, they like, yeah, I, I probably never said these words, but I certainly felt that they owed it to me to get a bigger job in the company. Yeah. And I think everyone feels that way if they are a top performer and they have career aspirations. I mean, 
this whole series is about career development. And I, I can remember a number of times where I felt passed over. I felt like I wasn't getting my dues. And I, I guess part of me now, looking back, thinks about them more along the lines of a blessing in disguise. Maybe they were still investing in me. Maybe they were teaching me how to be a better manager one day. Maybe I would have fell on my face and, and blew it if I would have got one of those earlier manager jobs. The, the, the section, the, the motto here, settle down and broaden your base, is assuming you're doing everything else, you've nailed your job, you're doing a lot of other good things, now's the time to broaden that base and, and go a little deeper and a little wider. Take that deep breath. Don't worry about uh, the judgment that you're judging yourself by and go do other things. Maybe I need some more training. Maybe I need my MBA. Maybe that would help me in my next career. Maybe I need to go sit in on some executive meetings so that I can have those experiences. There's all kinds of things you could start adding to your development list at this stage when you feel like you're at at the glass ceiling that will really help you break through that glass ceiling. Yeah, it's something you said stood out there. Maybe maybe there's something I can stretch myself in the business. This is something that you, a concept that you kind of introduced me to at Microsoft. I, I'd heard it, you know, I'd heard it before, but I'd never heard it described this way is if, you know, being a manager, both you and I have been, you know, first line managers and senior leaders in a business. Um, if you had a high functioning top sales rep or even an you know, even an above average sales rep on your team that said, Bobby, um, man, I, I'm trying to grow. Here's some things I'm working on. What, what's something I can take off your plate? Here's what I enjoy doing. Can you, is there, is there something I can take off your plate to help you with it? That, that could be more valuable than an MBA or an executive certification. If you can get firsthand experience into the job that you want or hope to achieve at some point. And you're probably helping the person you want to success. You'd be their successor of their job or they're influencing or influenced by someone you want to succeed as well. Uh, great, great tip and, and one that uh, I would always recommend someone to do for sure. Yep. Be good at managing these challenges too. be organized. You talked about in the last um, episode, uh, the people on the team that don't manage Salesforce, that don't keep those things up to date. Look, you're making your manager's job a total pain by not being good at these tactical things. I know they suck. I know they're terrible. Be good at it, though. Be the be the, be the best one on your team. It's also really important to to focus on your executive presence here too. This your your next job is probably a strategist, probably you know some a senior. Of, of this role, maybe it's a first line manager. You need to have good executive presence. You need to be reading books about this, reading the Harvard Business Review. You need to a book we'll we'll call out here, um, the Twelve Rules by Jordan Peterson. You need to sit back with your shoulders straight. Your posture needs to be strong. Everything you're doing is being uh, magnified at this point, because if you think about a traditional organization, no matter how big the company is. You're sitting, you're an account executive within a region, and maybe that's the only region that you're in, but there are probably only, what, Bobby, three to 10 senior leaders in that kind of area office at the most. Oh, at, at most, and that's right? a big organization. And that's a big organization. You have a magnifying on your glass. Those people are looking at you saying, could I see this guy or girl in our executive meetings? Like, do they carry themselves like us? 
or do they carry themselves like an account executive? You've got to be focused on those things. No doubt. And I think you said something that uh, I, I wasn't very good at, and that was that whole uh, understanding my environment or surroundings when I got that first-line manager job. My first boss when I was a manager at Microsoft said, they, the people around you before didn't know if you were having a good day or a bad day. The people around you now are going to know if you're chewing gum or not chewing gum. <laughs> yeah. And it was a great example for me to realize just how many eyes and how many people would be watching me from that day forward. Yeah, think, think about how many times, as, as much as we like working for our boss, think about how many times we're measuring things too. Right, that, that like you say, it's a magnifying glass. It is a tough spot to be in. We're going to talk about that's the fourth stage. We're going to talk about is managing. Uh, we're going to talk about the, the pluses and the minuses there for sure. Um, this this may should be its own category, Bobby. But by now, or if not by now, by starting now, you've got to get your mentor network a building in place. You need to. At this point, you need to really even start about uh, think about taking on mentees as well. You need to be helping coach people that are coming up through the organization uh, that are themselves contributing independently. You need to be that person that's helping them contribute to the business. You need to help them get over the hump. Yeah, you mentioned and asked me in the last episode my my thoughts and vision around mentors and how would I go grab them. I think at this stage, you really have to start thinking about a board of directors that's helping you manage your career all up. And I would think there needs to be at least six of these people in that board of directors. Obviously you're the chairman of that board, but I would think no more than four people in your organization. And then a couple of people outside of your organization. For me, my dad's always been one of those board members who I can sound things off of. I know your dad's in your board. I then have a mentor who's been a CIO close friend of mine that's helped me think through and make every big career decision that I've made outside of my organization. And then there's a a spattering of people inside the organization, another peer of mine who's probably seen an equal or better light than me, a manager or two uh, from my segment, maybe another segment, and then at least one peer mentor that I trust and can bounce things off of. You need that entire board of directors understanding and thinking about what you want to do. There's some ploys there that in the organization, they're going to help you accomplish those things. And outside the organization, they're going to break down the noise that you might hear every day and help you see it for what it really is. I agree. I think the, the most important, one of the most important things you need to evaluate and, and make sure you're not doing this is make sure these mentors are not just your current manager and your former managers. That that's not going to give you the exposure that you need to get, both from a uh, an outside looking in standpoint, but also just um, a network of uh, potential hiring managers for you or people they know that could be a hiring manager for you. So, so if if you look at your your board of directors today, let's say you've established that, and you look across it, and half of them are former managers of yours, you're doing it wrong. You need you need to broaden your base out. Yeah, and why don't I do a, a one-pager, we'll put it on the tools page, of my thoughts around the board of directors for your career development at this stage, the people they should, maybe the people they shouldn't be, and we'll share that with everyone, and uh, you can print it out and carry with you as you develop your career. Excellent. Love it. So, Bobby, we've talked so far about starting to build equity, uh, not just about earning your commission, so that's a big one. We've talked about settling down and broadening your base. 
The third one we're going to talk about uh, is similar to what we talked about in the first stage, but it is super critical here, is being a feedback machine, but now it's bi-directional. So uh, what do I mean, what do we mean, Bobby, when we say being bi-directional? Well, instead of just receiving the feedback, you got to be really good at giving the feedback. And it's not always about negative stuff. It's not always that poo-poo sandwich we talked about in the last episode. It really is catching people doing the right things. I mean, we are all type A. We all are going to grade ourselves much harder than anyone else around us. I know I've never heard a piece of feedback that I didn't beat myself up harder on than the person that gave me that feedback. And so find the people that are doing the things the right way and applaud them for that. Make sure others see that phrase and see that feedback as well. And then you do need to coach and need to provide feedback. But it's not just what Brian's not doing right or what Bobby's not doing right. It's really what the company could do differently. I've been on a on a chair as high as I can create it, banging a drum that after our integration during the last merger, that we have got to get better at our management of Salesforce. And I'm not going to stop beating that drum. That's what leaders do in role. They do that. They don't just figure out how to manage it in a spreadsheet. They come up with solutions and, and give that feedback, not to their first line manager, but in my QBR. When I get the one-on-one with an executive, I'm going to talk about this being a real pain and holding the company back from creating synergies on the team. Yeah, my dad, I love that. My dad had a great saying when I was growing up, and it really stuck with me early in my my career. And it was, don't don't uh, walk in your boss's office and leave a monkey in his office. And, and so, Bobby, if you were if you were to leave a monkey in your boss's office or another leader's office about Salesforce and, and execution and what it should look like, um, you'd just say, "Hey, there's a problem with this. Somebody should do something about this." I don't like. Well, this. I would just I would just ask my boss, "Let me know when you have it fixed, and I'll start updating it for you." Right. Um, it is putting all of the work on them and that would deteriorate your relationship with your boss very quickly. And if you want to talk about losing some equity, try and do that three or four times and see what happens. Yeah. You, you, you lose impacts. They, uh, they're not interested in your feedback because all you're interested in doing is complaining about something. But Bobby, if you took a different approach and said, here's the challenge I see, here's the, the impact I think it's having, Here's what I think the fix could be, and here's what I think the impact could be with that fix. And by the way, I'm happy to help with this. Here's how here's how we could take that first step. Let me here here's the monkey I've brought into your office. I'm going to take care of this thing. I can help solve this challenge, and here's the impact it's going to have on the business. I can specifically point to two pretty significant career development changes for me that happened because I was willing to do that because I shared a problem. I helped solve the problem. I got introduced to other leaders and other executives who heard my feedback, thought I was genius for pointing it out. It was not a genius thing. And because of that, I got promoted to be a business manager of a a vice president. Later in my career, it happened with a partner, and I I bought part of the company and started that uh, because I was able to provide some thoughts and feedback that made a huge impact. Um, literally changing both times in these stages that we're talking about right now from an independently contributing person to someone who was strategically part of the business. Yeah, the point of this is really to to kind of wrap up these three key points is that you're, you're at a point to where you need to, you've established your brand, you're really starting to build it and solidify it. Take a deep breath, 
We know you want to move fast. We wanted to move fast. Everyone wants to move fast in this business. But that that's going to take care of itself if you're contributing to challenges in the business and you're providing solutions to those challenges. So whether that's helping your boss with the forecast call, whether that's um, providing insights back to the business on a, on a broken process. And again, to, to go back to the first the first podcast in the series, if you've not if you're not winning business and contributing a significant amount of gross profit to the business, don't walk in and say the sales process is broken. It's going to fall on deaf ears. You're going to be if they don't laugh at you in that meeting, they're laughing at you out of that meeting. So you need to be someone that is providing value back to the business to be taken seriously here. Just like in episode one, we have five questions that you should ask yourself every quarter and document and keep track of it and grow. So the five questions from this week is, who am I? Remember, same question we asked in the first series. Don't lie. Be very truthful and share with yourself who you are and what you can do to improve on the weaknesses will bet will make you a much better person. Yeah, there's a great quote I found on this one uh, between our first and second uh, part of the series. Uh, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. He's a Russian novelist. And uh, the quote is, Above all, do not lie to yourself. A man who lies to himself and listens to his own lie comes to a point to where he does not discern any truth, either in himself or anywhere around him and thus falls into disrespect towards himself and others. Uh, we'll, we'll provide a link to this quote. But you, you've you got to start, if you, if you cannot answer this question realistically, you may have a self-awareness challenge that you need to be thinking hard about and you need to be reading about and understanding how can you address this because uh, it will have long-lasting uh, career impacts for you. The second one, Bobby, is uh, what can you do well? What do you enjoy doing? We talked about Phil Wilhelms, his anecdote about doing more of that. What are you in that? Are you the guy that is uh, knocking down a presentation in front of a big room? How do you put yourself in more of those situations? Are you the the girl that can uh, research the company and then get that that HR director on the phone and just blow them out of the water about how much you know about their business and how much value you can add back to the business. What do you, what do you do well and how can you do more of that? Yep. And then we said, make sure you know the in document, what do you enjoy doing and what do you not enjoy doing? So that would be questions three and four and make sure you're tracking those for the benefit of you and your work-life balance and to make sure you don't take a job one day that will make you miserable. Yeah, and the last one, Bobby, and then we'll wrap up here. And this is where it starts to get the rubber needs to start hitting the road a bit more. We talked about the examples around what are you doing to improve processes in the business is what experiences do you need to add or and or what feedback do you need to better ingest? What what things are people trying to tell you that you need to get better at accepting? And uh, what experiences do you need to get better at? All right, so everyone, thank you so much for joining. It's been a uh, it's been a great first two stages here. We've appreciated the feedback. We'd love to get more of it. Uh, so send us an info, uh, send us an email rather, info at bobbyandbrian.com. Uh, send us something on Facebook. Send us a tweet. Uh, so for Bobby, I'm Brian. Thanks everyone. Have a great week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show with Bobby and Brian. Subscribe to their email list by going to bobbyandbrian.com and follow them on Twitter 
at Bobby Bryan Sales.